It's the Michelle the Trainer Show with your host, Michelle the Trainer. Michelle the Trainer. MTT is Michelle the Trainer. Aloha and welcome to episode 13 of the Michelle the Trainer Show. Today's very special guest star is Jana Pokop, who is now living in Austin, Texas, seeking rock stardom. She's also an entrepreneur, which I think is totally interesting. Jana knows firsthand that all independent singer-songwriters must be part entrepreneur. So besides her music, she's actually carved out another niche for herself by helping other musicians reach their goals. One of her fans calls her a singer-songwriter with the articulation of a street poet, which is awesome. She also has her own consulting business called Social Thinkery. And she's not only the president and CEO of Social Thinkery, she's also a client. She overfunded her own Kickstarter campaign for her third CD by over 30%. So her latest CD is Throats or Quarries, and we get a chance to hear a song from it at the end of the show. Welcome to Jaina Pokop. Have a great day. Howdy, this is Michael Payne. I blog at Stranger Array. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-R-A-R-R-A-Y dot WordPress.com. And you're listening to Michelle the Trainer Show. Aloha and welcome to the Michelle the Trainer Show. What day is it? Oh my goodness. We have today all the way from Austin, Texas, rock stardom town of the United States of America, Jaina Pokop. Hello. Hey, Michelle, how's it going? Hey, Jana, tell me everything about how you got started and how did you make the big move to seek out rock stardom from your lovely home in New Mexico all the way to Austin, Texas? <laughs> you, make, you make it sound so cool. I make it sound uh, so far, right? <laughs> and, and all so far. It is exactly uh, 12 hours by car if you drive from my hometown in Albuquerque to Austin, Texas. Um and my story is I started playing music when I was 11 years old, and I thought it was super fun, but I, uh, growing up in Albuquerque, there really isn't a music industry or, or much of a scene there, so I went to college and got a history degree, but the music thing was always kind of nagging at me, so I decided to move to Austin uh, when I got out of school. Um, because Los Angeles and Nashville and New York were all kind of intimidating, and Austin was seemed a little more laid back and closer to home. So I picked up and I moved to town and didn't know anybody when I did it. But uh, I've been here about eight and a half years now, which is amazing when I think about it. And I've uh, been playing music and I've made some records and I've um, worked with some amazing people and gotten to tour the country, uh, and it's it's worked out pretty well. And you were like, I mean, just round numbers. Were you like over twenty, over thirty, less than seventy? How old ish were you when you made this move? I was just out of college. I believe I was uh, twenty three years old, and I didn't didn't get a job when I graduated. I just moved to Austin and started job hunting. And I worked a few office things for a while. And then the more people I met in the music business, uh, I, I've switched over to solely supporting myself through working with musicians uh, and, and helping, helping other musicians do their thing while I get to do mine, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I think that's a really cool part of your tale. So why, why do people go to Austin for... Um, I, I did do some digging in Austin, and I did find a, a, a good amount of weirdness, though probably not as much as 
weird as weird stuff is in Portland. But um, so why do why do people go to Austin for music? What makes it different there? That is a great question. Um, I have found uh, we do have the saying "Keep Austin weird," and I it seems like whoever moves here at whatever time always looks back on on the good old days is when they first got here. And now it's changing rapidly. The city's growing at an amazing rate. We have a lot of tech. We have, you know, the South by Southwest conference and all of that. So there's this portion of Austin that is super fast growing, super uh, technologically advanced. But then there's this old school throwback music scene that is still here, that that's a heart of the city. Uh, you have to dig a little more to find it. But the history in this town is pretty impressive in terms of who's been through here. Um, kind of the cosmic cowboy movement started here in the 70s, which is Willie Nelson and that kind of thing. Um, and it is where it's where musicians come to hang out and or live. So uh, there's pro players that tour all over the world that kind of have chosen to make their home in Austin. Um, there's music every night of the week at some great venues. So you can go out on a Tuesday night and find find somebody that maybe is normally on the road with Bob Dylan playing at the the pub in Austin. You know, it's a really fascinating scene. Yeah, I uh, definitely found that, especially compared to Los Angeles, there's also just a lot of festivals. You know, yes. there's a lot of daytime music and a lot of opportunities for people you know, like if I started a band, I'd have some little places where you don't really have that many opportunities. It's really hard even here to find like a place to practice anything, <laughs> right? Sure. Because rents are high and, and um, you know, so there it seems like even everybody going to the park is just more of an outdoor communal thing. Like waiting for the baths to come under the bridge is kind of a cool, you know, just kind of an outdoor festival. Grab a chair and come on out. Happens. Yeah, yeah. More of a happening like that. So yeah. your your trilogy. So I found you on your on the advent of your or after you funded your third CD, the third part of the trilogy, the throat yes. the throat quarry CD, and you did kickstarters for all of these, which is also totally interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, actually, I did not crowdfund the first two just because I crowdfunding wasn't around for, for them. But uh, with this latest one, I really latched on and, and it, it came about from helping somebody else do their crowdfunding. And I, I, I kind of learned about it and I was like, let's do this for me, you know, and and it was an amazing process. Um, like I said, I've been here for about eight years. I've started working with an amazing singer-songwriter named Susan Gibson about seven years ago. She's a nationally touring, award-winning singer-songwriter. She's fantastic. And so I started, I do her booking, I do her social media, I do some office things for her, and I've gotten to get on the road with her and meet a lot of people. And we've kind of been a, a team working on her business, but in that process, I've gotten to play shows and open shows for Susan and just meet a lot of people in Texas and beyond. And I've been building that community um, for the last seven seven years, and and when it was time to make this third record, um, it w seemed like a no brainer to try to have have some of it paid for before you know before we went in the studio. Studio time is expensive, and manufacturing CDs is expensive, and artwork and all that kind of stuff that goes into it. Sure, and then so, there's the marketing of everything. So Jane has got a business called 
Social Thinkery. It's social, T-H-I-N-K-E-R-Y. It's at socialthinkery.com, right? Yes, socialthinkery.com. Yeah, and so when I found her, I the, the her crowdfund was already funded, but the you guys got to see the video. I'll put it in the show notes. It's hilarious because it kind of wraps up. She she really makes light of the being the third and how she wants to do a trilogy and she has to finish and there's only two and she needs one more and I exactly. I just thought it was hilarious. Very simple, very very straightforward, but she funded and the music will play you a song. Thank you for giving us a song to play. We'll play at the end of this episode that I love from... It's uh, Throats Are Quarries. Throats the... Are Quarries. Yes. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. I'm proud of this. Uh, my producer is Daniel Barrett, and he and I have been working together. I found him almost right when I moved to Austin, and we we clicked right away, and we're just great friends. And we've made all three records together. And so when we get together to make music, it's it's basically like hanging out, and then we decide to play something cool. And I think magic happens that way in the studio when you're when you're comfortable and you don't have a lot of pressure attached. We don't sit around going, how do we how do we make this a hit? No, we just make music from the heart, and it always seems to work out well. Yeah, it's really awesome. I mean, again, the whole your whole story is so cool because again, you lived somewhere, you moved somewhere else to seek out the dream. You're an entrepreneur, you're doing cutting edge things. You're not only doing cutting edge things for your own art, but you're doing cutting edge things for other people. And meanwhile, you connect with Susan Gibson, who's got also another um she's got a different sound, but a but a common crowd and you guys yes. are working together. And I'm hoping to meet her soon, too. And, I, again, the whole thing is cool. And then you also teach, right? Because you're going to teach I me. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, there's an awesome program here in Austin run by a, a woman named Mandy Rowden. It's called Girl Guitar. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's classes, uh, music classes for women. And Mandy has put together an astounding organization. You can go in there. You can learn uh, you can join a band group and learn the songs of, uh, I think they had a ZZ Top class last semester, and you, the, all the band components are there. Someone sings vocals, someone plays bass, they learn all the parts, and then they perform. Or I'm teaching a guitar theory class and a songwriting class this semester, which is just fun. Um, it's it's I learn probably more than my students learn <laughs> when I teach, because that's how teaching usually goes, but... It's it's just great to have that kind of community to plug into. I'm telling you, I, I'm overdue to get a guitar. I've got my little snark, my little snark tuner, and I got to yes. get a new battery. And then, gotta so have if someone, snark. yeah, so if someone was gonna buy a ukulele, there's this whole like baritone versus soprano. What is that? Is there any difference? Or if you're just gonna get started with the very first instrument, uh, do you just buy like the cheapest ukulele you can get, and then kind of work on it from there? Or, or what do you recommend? My theory on buying instruments is you definitely don't have to go all out and get the most expensive one, but go a level up from cheapest because usually there is a difference in how how easy it is to play. Like I, I, most of my experiences with guitars, but if you get the cheapest guitar, sometimes like the wood isn't totally right and things are a little crooked and it might hurt your fingers to play it, which makes you not want to play it, which yeah. means you put the guitar in your closet and be like, oh, something else came along and I lost interest. But if you get an instrument that calls to you and you really, you really want to play it, you will practice more. And I think that's step one is having an instrument that you enjoy. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good tip as well. So you went on tour, dude. You went on tour. I got this little tour calendar, and I was like, "Wow, how cool is that?" She lives in Austin now. She's going on tour. You're like, you're making music nag to me. So tell me about what was it like to go on like rock and roll tour, and then you were with Susan or not? Or tell me the yeah. whole story. Yeah, the touring I do is with Susan. She's she's the rock star, although we joke because we're folk musicians. So our idea of the rock star life is mostly like eating hummus and pita chips and watching CNN after the show. But um, <laughs> but we have a great time. And uh, Susan's been uh, sh- her, you know, she's got quite the resume. She wrote a song called Wide Open Spaces that the Dixie Chicks kind of broke out with. Um, so Susan is a an award-winning songwriter and that's a great thing on her resume but she's also just a fantastic performer and has this catalog of great songs and she's been traveling around the country for about 15 years and so I became her booking agent about six years ago so I book her tours here in Texas and then once a year we reach out and go into the Rocky Mountains we tour all the way up to Montana and back and play in New Mexico Colorado Wyoming Um, I think we did about 28 shows in 34 days Yeah, you had a huge list it was just like do you have like an RV or a bus so I just like to keep going back yeah. to like the Partridge family, right? You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> how, like, like tell us about going on tour. Do you like meet at each other's house and then you go or like what? Like, Yeah, I, I usually park at Susan's house and then hop in. Uh, she's got a sprinter van, which is kind of one of those long, tall, kind of European looking vans. And you go to Trader Joe's first and like we, thing with hummus and then go? Or, or... Yes, we do stock <laughs> up at Trader Joe's for sure. We try to eat as healthy as we can, which is hard when you're That's traveling. Cool. Everybody that travels knows that. But um, Susan travels with her four dogs. So there's uh, sh- her and I sit in the front seats and then the dogs kind of get the middle <laughs> part of the van. They're all sprawled out and happy. And then the gear and everything goes in the back and uh, we play shows. She plays solo acoustic and um, I'll sell the merchandise and and meet people and try to make connections for the next time we go through the town. And it's uh, it's a really good system. It seems to work well. Wow. And so how long were you gone? We were gone for five weeks this time. This was a, it was a long one. And is there another one coming or what? You know, we, uh, that was our longest one for the year. Texas is an amazing state in that people really appreciate live music and there's several large, uh, cities here. So a musician can kind of make a living, uh, playing, staying in Texas for a lot of their career. Texas is big. Yeah, so she'll, Susan's going to do like Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston and San Antonio and play in Austin sometimes. And there's lots of little communities around those cities, too, that have live music. So a lot of stuff right now is in the state. Uh, so it's we get to return home after the show, nice. which is nice. Sleep in your own bed. Yeah. Girl Guitar is where you're teaching in Austin. Your main yeah. website is Jana Pocop, but there's this H in there. So it's J-A-N-A-P-O-C-H-O-P.com. Her streaming album's on SoundCloud, and that will be Throats Are Quarries, and that link will be in the show notes. Her business, her entrepreneurial, it's an entrepreneurial business for helping other musicians get on social media and do crowdfunds, correct? Yes. You know, I working with Susan for so long and doing my own stuff and I'm such a nerd about reading 
what's happening in social media and tech and stuff, I thought, why not put together a consulting company that helps other musicians? Like, I've got the knowledge and might as well share it. So that's what social thinkery is. And it's been fun. We've gotten to do a lot of crowdfunding things with other other people and just advising people on getting their web presence up to shape and social media advice and all that kind of stuff that people need to build a community and keep it. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And then, um, just so you, the audience knows, Jana and I are, are thinking about just doing a really funny uh, pilot uh, morning show podcast. Um, just a one-off. And I, what I was thinking, Jana, what we should do is we should get on and we should like call some of these um, weird businesses in Austin, you know, like <laughs> just call them up and say, hi, you know, this is the, you know, Jana and Michelle wake up Austin show. And we're just wondering why you're weird and just see what they say. Make them prove their weirdness. Right. We can make them even weirder because we're calling. Exactly. You know, and, and if it gets too weird, then we'll politely let the call go. But anyway, I was just trying yeah. to think of some weird stuff. You know, I also went last time I was in Austin, I heard that there's a naked bicycle uh, rider there. I, he's not really naked. I think he's wearing some sort of a yeah. uh, flesh colored loincloth or something. But Correct. I've never actually seen him. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him either, but every so often somebody will put a picture on Facebook of him. So he's definitely around, and, and it's kind of like spotting the, I don't know, the the Sasquatch in the wild. Yeah, he's <laughs> like the human Easter egg. I've never seen him. All right, I'll look online and see if I could see what I'm supposed to be looking for. But yeah, yeah. the minute the plane lands, I'm like, all right, where's that guy? We got to find him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if anybody's ever flown into Austin. They have these really cool guitars in the airport. So the minute you're there, you just feel like you've like, landed at the hard rock of of airport so totally again, there's even we have live music in the airport too if you hit, get it at the right time there's usually someone playing in, at several stages there? around town yeah have you played there i have not played the airport yet where do you I play in austin to. where we can find you that is a great question um i usually play with a group of friends and we call ourselves the home slippers it's uh four four of us girls that all love each other's songs and harmonize and sing on each other's stuff and uh we don't have a gig booked right now but uh if you just go to my website janapogop.com you'll figure it out when i post a tour date <laughs> okay and let's not forget that jana is my very first presidential candidate on the michelle the trainer show Jana, would you, would you please tell us more about your candidacy? You know, I, uh, I'm i running on a platform of counting on all the other candidates saying so many stupid things that I'm the best choice at the end. Uh, and it kind of, it's a, just a funny thing. It happened by accident. I made a joke on Facebook one day that I was going to run for president. She even has t-shirts. Yeah, and and enough people commented on Facebook like, "Well, I would vote for for you. You should get a T-shirt." That I I found a site. It's a great site called Teespring.com. You can design and print T-shirts, and they print them and ship them. So that's amazing. You don't have to handle a box load of T-shirts, but people can just buy them if they're interested. And so I said, "Well, hey, I put a T-shirt up for sale. If anybody actually wants a JPO 2016." Uh, shirt and I sold about a hundred of them, which is incredible. And then, what's uh, your campaign slogan? My campaign slogan is "Might as well whatever." Might as well, comma whatever. <laughs> yes, that is. You want to run for president? Might as well, whatever. We need yeah. 
Anyway, thanks so much, Shana, for your time. And we will talk soon. I'll work on my ukulele and uh, upgrading the battery in my guitar tuner. And then we could start a band and tour between... Uh, we'll go the other direction. We'll go somewhere between here in Mexico or here in Canada or somewhere. There and, you go. Uh, yeah, and we'll totally work the other direction towards rock stardom. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Michelle. I loved it. You're awesome. All right. Love you too. Bye. This song is called When Your Soul Leaves Your Body. From the Throats Are Quarries EP, you can find on SoundCloud. From Jaina Pocop, P-O-C-H-O-P. Special thanks to her and Daniel Barrett for letting us play it on the Michelle the Trainer Show. Thank you.
M-I-C-H-E-L-E, thetrainer.com. Read Michelle's blog posts at engineeringwellness.com. At M-I-C-H-E-L-E, trainer on Twitter. 